Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tim. Yes. <laughs> Hello. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together every week and we talk about a horror movie. Uh, it's the Octoberthon every year in October, the month of Halloween. We do a bunch of extra episodes, a bit of a marathon, as it were, throughout the, throughout the month, with four episodes per week, even more if you're a patron. Uh, you know, plug, plug, plug. But uh, this was actually one of our vote winners, uh, our patrons at patreon.com slash TV every month get to vote on a, a an episode to get an option of four movies and they vote uh we do actually do extra votes for the month of october and this was a west craven vote and the winner was the the title of the video is quite obvious and that is the people under the stairs which is a film from 1991 written and directed by west craven and one that i remember seeing patches of at least in my youth but really not remembering any of it in detail or be able to tell you who was in it what the the characters were like or anything else so it was practically a first time watch even though i i have like faint memories of like one or two scenes but that was a bit uh i assume you knew this better than i did you'd seen this i yeah uh so i i'd also remembered seeing it as a kid and uh it and it's kind of funny because i uh remember really liking it as a kid and then uh i think i watched it like maybe a year or two ago um just you know it like randomly popped up on like a streaming service i was like oh, i haven't seen this in a while and uh <clears throat> yeah i remember last time i watched it not really digging it that much but i'll hmm. save my thoughts on it if uh, well, i still feel that way <laughs> maybe third time is the charm because we're about to find <laughs> out how you felt this time uh, so we'll start spoiler free of course as we always do we'll give you warning <coughs> before we get any spoilers so the premise of people under the stairs is that a young kid named Phil whose family is about to be evicted because the seedy landlord wants to basically force everyone out so they can tear down the building and put up some new nicer apartments so that, you know, rich people can move in, not these scummy poor people as they see it. And Phil has this very bad influence in the uh, in the form of Ving Rhames' character who is actually like a really awful person in this. So he's basically trying <laughs> to encourage him to become a little thief and wants his help to uh, rip off uh, the house of the landlord. And once they get in there, there's a couple of uh, things in the way, of course, which we'll talk about when we get into the, the, the details, but ultimately they discover that there's actually captive people being held, would you believe it, under the stairs, as well as <laughs> a daughter who seems to be abused and another character sort of running around in the wall. So, and it's basically a house of horrors. There's trap doors everywhere, there's secret passageways. Uh, I swear, like... One of the weirdest things I'll say about this movie is that I was expecting there to be some in incontinuities or something in the mythology that explained why this house had so many wide gaps between all the walls so people could run around yeah. like this. And there never yeah. was. It's just, oh, so the house is just that by default. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so basically, Phil, our young character, who is played by Brandon Adams, who... You might recognize from the Mighty Ducks films, or you might even recognize him from The Sandlot. He was in a lot of those movies from the uh, early to mid-90s. So you might recognize his face. But he's uh, running around, and the evil couple who live in there, Everett McGill plays the man, who's basically what he's titled as. Uh, although they actually call each other Mummy and Daddy. Uh, just let that sink in. And then you've got Wendy Roby, who plays uh, Woman. 
But uh, Everett McGill I know very well. He's from Twin Peaks, of course. And there was the villain in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, for you action movie aficionados. <laughs> but that is the... That's the big setup, you know. The full... Which is not his real name, of course. That's what his sister calls him. His, his real name is uh, Point Dexter, which it doesn't mm-hmm. honestly doesn't sound that much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she calls him Fool, so that's kind of what his nickname is. And he gets trapped inside the house with all of this going on, with these awful people who who do all sorts of nasty things to to people that they deem as poor. Uh, they're extremely racist. It is worth mentioning Fool as as a black character, and that does kind of play into some of the themes that are going on in the movie as well. So. That's the gist of the people under the stairs, and I will therefore ask Tim the question that I'm sure everyone's been waiting for with bated breath. Isn't that right, Daddy? So, Tim, (laughs) how did you feel about this movie on this watch? You know, uh, it's funny, uh, again, because, yeah, before I remember, I I, I think last time I watched it, I thought it was kind of slow or felt like a little bored, and I don't know, maybe it just might have been... Maybe I'm misremembering it, or maybe something else was going on the last time uh, I watched it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention because uh, this time when I watched it, uh, I freaking loved it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I think it's um, not a perfect movie by any means, but I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it, it has kind of like a weird tone because there are like instances where it seems kind of like a kids movie. Like it kind of feels like, oh, like am I watching like Goonies or, or something? Uh, but then there are times where it's like, oh, no, this is like a legitimate horror thing. <laughs> yeah, that's like going on now. Um, so it's a little over the place, uh, but I think it still makes like for a pretty fun ride. I, I think the, you know, the characters are good. Uh, like you said, it's like a house of horrors, which I, I feel like we don't see too often. And I always like um, when stuff like, I, I don't know, feels kind of video gamey like that when like, you know, there are, <laughs> you know, like a spikes coming down in a wall or like you know trap doors and, and stuff like uh, that stuff i just think is uh really fun and um and yeah and it's just like uh it's got you know it's one of those good movies where it's like oh it's actually about something um like a maybe i'm misremembering this but i want to I, I feel like maybe jordan peele might have talked about this at, at some point um you know because you know he like a lot of his you know his movies have been like kind of about like societal horrors and i i think he you know cited this before as being like a maybe in a an influencer or something on him where uh because it, it definitely is reflecting like a yeah a societal hoarder like a you know there's racism in there gentrification is you know basically kind of like the big <laughs> you know overall of the movie well you said uh, that there so like you said societal hoarder and i'm like there was no hoarders hoarder. in this <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they they're hoarding people i guess <laughs> if you well, touche <laughs> uh but no i i think um yeah no it's uh yeah maybe, maybe i i guess you know i, I don't want to say it's perfect like i think it, it might be a little uneven in parts but overall i think it is a pretty uh fun good movie what's funny is i i kind of didn't see this like properly for a long time because i remembered not really liking what i saw of it when i was a kid and i don't know why something about it just left a taste in my mouth i guess <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird thing um watching it now though properly from start to finish i do think it's overall pretty entertaining uh mm. there's definitely some ballsy things in it that i didn't know about that some visuals that will stick with me i will just say there's a gimp suit involved that <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere and mm. uh, you know we'll talk about that in spoilers but um i do well i'm glad you kind of spotted something as well there because i 
my biggest complaint, I suppose, of this movie is how uneven the tone was in that it would go from doing something that felt like a real horror movie where there was genuine threat and, like, these awful characters who are doing awful things. There's a scene, for example, early on that implies that the abuse that the, the daughter, Alice, that is maybe going through, and it's, like, a really dark implication. It's really... But then there's other scenes where it feels like they're really comical villains and it's almost like hijinks, the way that, yeah. <laughs> like, traps are being set off or the way characters are... Not, you know, the kid's narrowly missing things or... Uh, the, the way he's got a bit like, of a, he's got a bit of an attitude on him, you know, he's he's cracking one-liners occasionally. Yeah, like it feels like like there are times where it like dips into like Goonies or Home Alone territory. Home, Home Alone, I think that's what I wasn't thinking Goonies. I was thinking Home Alone. That was, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I was thinking this feels like a weird Kevin McAllister style story, but there's also <laughs> actual like really nasty deaths happening and yeah. and all sorts. So it's a really weird mix of things and. I, I, I wasn't sure like my, my, I kept like bouncing around with that and I was like oh, okay that's just kind of weird like so it felt, it felt a bit uneven overall but it's hard mm. to deny there's a lot of really entertaining stuff in there kind of throughout yeah. and characters that are fairly likable obviously the main one being Phil who is likable to watch luckily because we're, we're kind of with him for a lot of the movie Um, I will say that the movie I mean it's only about an hour 45 but it, it does feel a little bit long and I think that's because yeah. It's split in a really weird way. We can't really talk about it till spoilers, but there's kind of a weird split about two-thirds through that kind of feels separate from the rest of the movie. Sure. And that gives it a really weird vibe. Although, I do actually think that last chunk is kind of... It kind of elevates the movie a little bit because it really brings yeah. it back round to... Uh, how do I say this without spoilers? It it gives you something to root for. I'll just... I'll say that. Um, yeah. In a way that's different from the rest of the film. Uh, but... You know, I don't think everything kind of lands, though. Some of it does kind of have that 90s feeling of, like, I don't know, almost like I can't take all of it seriously <laughs> in, sure. a, in a weird yeah. way. Uh, I'll say for this, sure. though. I, I, I do have nostalgia for any film from the early to mid-90s that has that version of the Universal movie intro, because I, I love that little tune. It's always good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have nostalgia for that. I, I don't mind denying it. I don't mind denying it. Uh, his big sister, uh, Phil's big sister in this, uh, did you recognize her from anything? Uh, because I think her voice is particularly distinct. Yeah. Um, I not not off the top of my head. Like it did sound familiar, but I can't think. I can't place her. Well, Mister I Love Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five over here just didn't recognize uh. one of the lead stars <laughs> from that movie. I guess it's all been lies the whole time. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't realize uh, <laughs> she was in it. That's cool, though. Uh, Wes Craven uh, bringing her back. <laughs> Wes Craven had nothing to do with the Elm Street 5. <laughs> uh, he, he oversaw something. <laughs> he oversaw shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they gave him a look at the script or, I don't know, some some residuals or something <laughs> for creating characters. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he got a check in the mail. Because yeah. he created it, but I, I think that's where his involvement began and end. <laughs> everything after the third one, so yeah. well, obviously, I say from seven, which was yeah, right. nightmare. Uh, obviously, he was back for that. I'm, I'm not trying to claim otherwise. Which interestingly hadn't happened yet. This is this is before New Nightmare. New Nightmare was '94. This is 1991. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Wes Craven, you know, is famously for me kind of very up and down. Like obviously, he has his classics. He has Nightmare on Elm Street. He has Scream. He has Hills of Eyes. But then he also has things like Swamp Thing and <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn and other 
hard. So I, always like, put, <laughs> I always put Last House on the left on there. Some people think that's a classic, but I think that was just, it's so bad. Uh, yeah, people go back and forth on that one. <laughs> and it's one that we've not actually done yet, and I'm sure we will. If I, I think it was the runner-up to this. It was, it was what almost beat this for this slot. So we'll get to it someday. Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, Wes Craven is definitely uh, near and dear to my heart because, yeah, he has made, like, some of my favorite uh, horror movies. And, you know, I, I think the good ones are really good. But, yes. um, yeah, I definitely acknowledge that there are, you know, honestly, a, a lot of bad ones. Yes. Tim's favorite, of course, is My Soul to Take. Of course, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which I've not seen. I'm, I'm making fun of it but from reputation alone. Uh, yeah. But, like, the, yeah, like, I mean, stuff like, uh, yeah, you already mentioned, yeah, some of the more notorious ones, but, like, I mean, obviously Cursed, <laughs> you know, we, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. we just did an episode on that, and then, like, you know, some, some of them, like, uh, you know, stuff like Shocker, I think is, like, is a bad movie, but it's kind of, like, cheesy fun, so, um, I don't know, I'll at least give him that, like, you know, some of his bad movies are at least fun to watch, and, uh, you know, and, uh, because they're so dumb and cheesy but uh yeah sometimes though he like knocks it out of the park so it's interesting yeah sometimes uh and i'm just you know i i, I clicked on a movie there called deadly friend that i've not seen and i was oh, thinking yeah, yeah. i was thinking it was deadly blessing which i have seen but that's a separate yes. movie so yes deadly friends confused as well yeah deadly <laughs> friends is one i've not seen so uh, add it to the yeah. list but yeah so that's my general thoughts. I, I think it's enjoyable. I do think it has a lot of 90s quirkiness that does make you feel a little bit dated. But, yeah, there's uh, a rap at the end. <laughs> there is, yeah, there's a rap at the end. Um, you know, like I say, the, the, the weird, like... And, you know, it came out, what, a year after Home Alone. It's hard not to feel like it's kind of oddly taken some of that into it. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got Everett Miguel running around in a gimp suit with a shotgun, like, trying to kill a kid. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's just kind of back and forth, so... Uh, but I guess that's the gist of it. Uh, well, we'll give the warning, though. We'll give the spoiler warning, though, so we can we can dive into uh, the, the movie properly. Uh, so I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers of Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Thank you to all you guys. They are Patreon producers for the month at the time of recording. And you can, of course, support us at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. Obviously, the higher tiers may get you a producer credit, but just for $1, you get access to an exclusive extra episode every single month of Streams After Midnight. And you have access to the old back catalogue, which is, by the end of this month, should be hitting 30, because we do four uh, in, in October for the Octoberthon. So, you know, uh, that, that's pretty cool. And then at the $5 tier, you get early access to the, the episodes by a day, and, of course, you get to vote once a month on a thing. And then there's, there's some new votes as well at the $10 tier. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in keeping all the content coming, <coughs> getting some bonuses and showing your support. Uh, but, of course, obviously, hitting the like button on YouTube is really important too. That's the that's the free way of doing it. Just hit the like button, um, you know, comment and let us know what you think. All these things do help. They're all support. Uh, so do not uh, shy away from, from those options. So thank you. And if you don't do it, I'll put Tim under the stairs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one thing that I always kind of forget and that surprises me about this movie is that the, like, from the title, and if you look at the cover, you think, like, the people under the stairs are going to be, like, these sinister bad guys, and, and those are going to be, like, the, you know, the evil things that you have to, like, run away from. But I always forget they're, 
like I don't want to say they're like a small part of the movie, but it's they're not in it as much as I always think. Uh, yeah, they're relatively small in the sense that I mean they have an importance to the story that comes yeah. up, uh, you know, as it goes throughout. But they're not the ultimate villains, and they're also yeah not there that much. There's only a few scenes where we really kind of deal with them. So yeah. and I and I do like the visual of them, like they you know they kind of have this like you know like I don't know like they look like uh, almost like mole people or something you know like they're all, like very pale and like there's a few of them that kind of seems like they have like I don't know like weird kind of bulgy skin on like almost corpse like I, I guess is kind of how you describe it but um yeah like like when you do kind of get the few glimpses of them uh, I kind of like that uh, they're apparently they're starved uh, daddy's cut off some of the tongues or some of the other parts yeah. and you know you get you get this the sense this idea um yeah so the movie interests you there's actually a really kind of like this thing that filmmakers sometimes do where they'll, they'll have the opening scene be kind of a thesis the, this the, you know the introduction the presentation of like this is what the movie's going to be and it's it's, it's Phil getting his, his, his tarot cards reading from his sister oh, yeah. and it's basically talking about how the, the Phil will die the boy will die but a man will come out on the other side and it's like yeah it's basically just saying this is what the movie's going to be <laughs> yeah. you know in a sort of broad thematic sense um but their mother's dying, and they're going to get kicked out of their apartment. And Ving Rhames basically convinces them to come and help with a a job. And just casually mentioned that he robbed a liquor store uh, the night before as well. So he's kind of roped into it, and he's constantly basically made to feel guilty about not helping his mother by not doing it. So he's like, so he's you know his character's really an awful piece of shit. And not to mention that later on he kind of like abandons him and leaves him for dead <laughs> to yeah. save his own ass a couple of times when they get into the house so but you know it becomes this thing okay so, and we get teases of the house we get you know i think very memorable moment i think where they're eating dinner or like at least their daddy's eating dinner and he's eating meat and he pulls like a, you think it's like a pet it's like a pet from a fruit but it's actually like buckshot mm. from like wh- wh- whoever he's eaten <laughs> Because we don't even mention the cannibals, but they're cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but from where, whoever he's eating, he obviously shot them with a shotgun. So he's like actually yeah. taking out the buckshot as he's as he's eating them, which is such a bizarre idea. But it's memorable. It sticks in my mind because it is kind of unique and and, and weird. Yeah. Um, I think what's, what's what's funny about it is that once we actually get to meet them properly and they're in the house and they're running after the kid, is that. Once he comes out with the, the gimp suit on, I'm like, oh, geez, these guys are even weirder than I thought. <laughs> I think I was almost surprised that after that point, because he, he, he's got it off for a while and he's just in normal clothes, and it's not until really towards the end where he puts it back on again. I thought it was kind of strange how he almost didn't feel weird enough for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. where I was like, I, I guess he, he went back to being more of a Home Alone villain, with you know with, yeah. with, with the, the threat of murder been attached to him, but like... When he came out in the game, so I'm like, damn, this movie goes places. <laughs> this movie goes well, to some weird, weird places. Sure. Uh, I mean, and obviously, you know, we don't want to kink shame, uh, you know, him if, uh, you know, if that's what he needs to do sexually or whatever. I mean, that's totally fine. Uh, I mean, if he's putting it on to, you know, because he needs that to when he, like, runs around or kills people, though, that's not good. Yes, he's, he's literally hunting a child. <laughs> he's hunting a child, and he puts on a gimp suit for it. So I will kink shame that. I'm sorry, Tim, but I will kink shame someone who gets kinked off by kinking someone's lights out. Well, I mean, if, if that's why he's doing it, then sure. <laughs> but the, 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 kink, the kinkening is yeah. one might call it. Yeah, but I mean, hey, if that's your normal everyday thing that you like to do, that's totally fine. 
Nothing wrong with that. How many gimmicks has she got in the closet, Tim? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. It's, Get, I getting know. defensive here, so I'm saying. <laughs> hey, I'm just, uh, you know, just don't want anyone to, you know, feel shame for what they they like to do. Yeah. <laughs> as long um, as, uh, you know, as long as you're uh, not hurting anyone, it's all good. Unless it's consensual heart. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> typically, yeah, yeah. Te- typically the social circles who run around in gym suits tend tend to like a bit of a spanking. <laughs> for, for sure, yeah, yeah. As long as it's consensual, it's all good. <laughs> safe words and all that jazz. Huh? Make sure you have yeah. a safe word. And, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, no, it, it is a it is a striking image though. Yeah, like him like running around with a shotgun <laughs> in that suit. Oh, for a second, I was even sure it was the same character. I'm like, is this a new character that's just been introduced? <laughs> like, oh no, it's just him and the, and the suit. Um, I did kind of like the the sort of the the getting in, like where like Phil tries to go up and pretend to be like a boy scout and try to get in to like, use the yeah, bathroom, and the woman's yeah. just not having it. And then like the sort of the the, the partner, you know, the other criminal, uh, is like, okay, I'll just pretend to be from the gas board and I'll I'll say I need to go in to like mm-hmm. check the meter, and he has like a fake ID for it and everything. She lets him in, and then some time passes. And they don't go in because they don't try to sneak in now because they're worried about the well-being of their their compatriot. Uh, well, I say they. I mean, I'm not counting Phil in this. I'm counting just uh, Ving Rhames' character. But he he's like, oh no, he's probably stealing all the gold coins for himself. Because uh, the reason yeah. why they're they're targeting the house is because when they robbed the liquor store, there was like a letter to do with like them selling their gold coin collection, which mm-hmm. is worth a fortune. So they're they're going in to try and find the gold coins. So they break in. After they see that the the woman leaves and they're like, wait, he should have left them on his own. That's weird. Oh, he's probably looking for all the stuff on his own. So they go in, and of course, when when Phil finds him in the basement, he's just he's already dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why she left because she's already killed him, or she's let the dog kill him, or she's let the the, the people under the stairs kill him because they're hungry. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the whole thing because because the, the dog like spits out his ring at one point later, so he's definitely yeah. been feeding on him. I feel bad for the dog. It's not his fault. Like- he, you know, they they trained him to do this. He's a villain the entire movie, Tim. Mm, uh, yeah, but it's not like he, it's not like he wants to be though. It's like they, you know, clearly, you know, have raised him and trained him to be that way. Yeah, and your typical seventeen-year-old incel has been trained that way too. But there's no going back. Once well, they've they... once they've created the monster, the monster has to be dealt with. <laughs> well, I mean, I. I, I people it's different i mean they yeah they can learn from their mistakes they can try not to be that way they, they don't have to seek stuff out on their own mm-hmm. okay um, i like the dog i feel bad for him <laughs> uh I, I i cheered when the dog got stabbed uh <laughs> so sad <laughs> and i hugged my dog so it's okay I do hug the cats a lot when there's any like animal yeah. death in a movie. I have to admit, but uh, the dog here was a villain the entire time. And was trying to he kill was him. Bad. Yes, he's a bad dog. <laughs> not a good dog. A bad dog. Yeah, uh, it it's was not his fault. But yes, he was bad. Very useful. Uh, uh, so obviously, like they come back home and the, the two of them freak out. There's a whole hiding from the dog, and there's trying to like duck and dive and. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of cat and mouse. You know, to, I don't want to bring yeah. more animals into the mix, but there's a lot of game of cat and mouse with like trying not to be noticed, but them realizing because the van's outside and knowing that something's going on, um, and you know, Ving Rhames gets shot with a shotgun, and 
the kid's about to be found. The fool's go the fool's going to be grabbed. However, luckily for him, one of the secret passageways, he sees like someone go in and he he's able to use the same passageway. And we get all of these spaces in between the walls, we get all the air ducts. And it's it's honestly, you know, sometimes I go through these movies in order, sometimes I just kinda cherry pick important moments. And this is a cherry pick movie because so much of this cat and mouse stuff, like it'd be impossible to remember it all in sequence because sure. a lot of it is like, you know, them yelling into the, 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 the walls, him being mad at the dog, him being mad because, you know, there's this this character named Roach who's running around in the walls who's from under the stairs, but he escaped and is running around in the walls, like, stealing food and Alice, the daughter, is kind of helping him. So he's this likable character. He's a, this is another actor that's very recognisable as well. He's, this, he's one of these actors who's popped up in a lot of things over the past 25 years. Uh, but the name of Sean Whelan. Sure. Are you familiar with him? Did you not recognise him? Oh, is he from Whelan Utani? Or I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he was in Twister. He was in. Uh... My my wife recognized him. I don't. Uh, I'm sure he's a fine man. He's, he's, <laughs> hell, he's one of the, the McPoyles on It's Always Sunny. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. So you know, he's, he's someone oh. who's popped up in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. He was in Hatchet Three, which we reviewed. Oh, there you go. Okay. I he mean, he's, he's young in this. I didn't really recognize him. He was in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. He was in a few episodes of Lost. I mean, he's, yeah, he's popped up all over the place. Oh. <laughs> he was in an episode of Scrubs, but that's garbage, so I understand why you wouldn't remember him from that. Of course not. Yeah, that show sucks. <laughs> I actually can't remember. Do you, do you also dislike it genuinely, or is that... I, you know, uh, so what's funny is... Not Scrubs. Um... Uh, not scrubs, but I, <laughs> the so I remember when it was on. Um, I didn't watch it like religiously, but I would catch it now and again, and I, I remember liking it. And then, um, you know, once uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, uh, again, just spending time at home and pretty much just you know always have something on on the TV. So uh, one of the things, you know, uh, so outside of October when I only watch horror movies, but. One of the things, you know, me and my wife usually like to do is like find a, you know, a long running sitcom because that's just something you can easily, you know, pop on for a few hours while you're doing stuff. And, you know, you don't have to pay like super, you know, cl super close attention. But, you know, I was trying to find like something like that we either haven't watched in a while or, you know, one of us has never seen before. Um, so, you know, like we did, like went through like all of like, you know, like Seinfeld, you know, obviously seen that before, but like, yeah. Just we just recently like, rewatched all of, like Frasier, um, you know, so stuff like that. And then uh, I thought like, oh, you know, like haven't watched Scrubs in a while, and I, I think my wife would probably like it too. She'd never seen it, so like started watching that, and I don't know. I think maybe we lasted maybe about a season or so, but it is. I, I, I mean, if you liked it back in the day, that's fine, but it does not hold up at all. I thought it was just Ooh. like the characters are annoying. Uh, they're so it's so. I mean, it's you know it makes sense for the well it shouldn't but you know it, it's kind of part you know uh part of the you know uh of the times or whatever but there's just so many gay jokes it's just like gay joke the show <laughs> like, you know uh and yeah i was just like oh yeah this is not good that's maybe my so, favorite segment sorry, sorry sorry if you like scrubs <laughs> that's maybe my you favorite probably. segment of any episode we've ever done is this tim admitting <laughs> that he has discovered how much he thinks scrubs is a piece of shit yeah. uh i'm sorry it, it's it's quite I, bad <laughs> i never liked it. i always thought the tone was weird and zach braff annoys me to no end so uh yeah <laughs> that's basically it yeah no, 
So, yeah, uh, Scrub sucks. Sorry, people. <laughs> but you know it to be true in your hearts. Yeah. Yeah, again, like, I, um, I, I don't fault people that, you know, liked it at the time. It was a popular sitcom. But if you haven't watched it in a while... Uh, I don't know, maybe go back and watch like half an episode. Uh, I don't think it's going to hold up. So, <laughs> so no, all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, that's the, there's some obviously important beats in here where at first he's kind of scared of Roach, but then it, it becomes more trusting of him. He runs into yeah. Alice, and Alice is kind of the, the, the character who explains a lot of this. Like, they, they wanted a boy, they've been searching for a boy. It's something we don't find out until much later in the movie is that mummy and daddy are actually brother and sister. And it's not so much that they're suggesting that there's incest, it's more just that we all assume they're a married couple because they're, sure. they're looking for kids. So, you know, it, yeah. it, it makes sense, right? But yeah. it, instead, no, they're actually brother and sister. And, um, they come from money. You know, they come from money from their, their previous generation. And they are like you say gentrification is a big part of this 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 movie um and you know it's quite uplifting when the entire neighborhood kind of shows up uh to like challenge them because when it's just the sister and the grandfather it's like oh they might just kill them and it's going to be a little sad ending but then like maybe even hundreds of people certainly close to a hundred if not uh show up and like we're going to kill us all but we're all here like so that's kind of your big uplifting moment at the end but yeah, and and it's uh and it's nice that like um I, I like the way they do it because I mean you obviously know that like they're racist like <laughs> pretty much like from the start of the movie but I like that there's you know that um that moment when it's just like the two of them at the door and you know like she's about to say you know <laughs> the n word but then you get the reveal of like oh no like the whole neighborhood's here and you know she's screwed yeah so just to go back then uh to Kind of, kind of the middle of the movie where we're learning all this stuff uh and it, it really sells like how they are I, I think talking about the house again as a whole because the scene where he's in the bathroom with alice and she's explaining all this when he eventually escapes he escapes because roach like has a fancy like way of opening like a trap door that's behind the, the bathroom cabinet which daddy doesn't even know is there <laughs> which is kind of kind of weird like because part of me was thinking oh, they're going to have to explain at some point why they built the house this way but then it turns out outside of like some of the traps that they've got to try and catch the people in the walls like they didn't actually do this like all, all these like wide walls that are wide enough for the people to walk in and this like trap door in the bathroom which he's surprised is there because because when he goes to open it like to, when he's angry he tries to find how it opens and he can't figure it out so he ends up just blasting it with a shotgun he's surprised by this which is a weird detail yeah is, is, is this suggesting that like the, the whoever built this house in the family did have a reason for it but obviously they don't know uh, growing up that all these extra nooks and crannies are here uh i, I don't know uh possibly also i think it's maybe that kind of thing where it's like you know um these people they have like you know trapped in their house like you know they pay no attention to them they don't care about them or, or whatever and you know, they it feels like they're kind of starting to form like their own, you know, like society and stuff. And like, you know, maybe they're starting to like understand the inside of the house better than, you know, them they do the actual like house owners because, you know, they're just so not concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, 
So there's a lot of turmoil because obviously a lot of this is just trying to get out. Like, how do you get out of the the house? Mm. And there's points where he thinks he's got they've got the kid uh, dead, but he's not really dead. There's obviously the moment where they're walking through the walls and he's stabbing like ferociously, and he asks when he ends yeah. up hitting the dog. Um, you know, so there's all these like moments of tension. There's all this sort of climbing up the chimney, and there's all these various beats that play out. Uh, the big kind of sp- turn in the movie, though, when I talked about how it's kind of split into like a, a, a sort of segment that's very sick, because there was a point where I was getting to like an hour through, and I was like, man, how is there 45 minutes of this left? Like, it feels <laughs> like we're, we're ramping up here to like the escape. And sure enough, yeah. we were, because, you know, he eventually he gets out by like going out the, the window in the attic, which he can jump into the, the pool of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually gets away, he goes back home, and he's uh, he's with the you know, he's with his sister and his grandfather who explains the history and, like, how this house has a reputation. And when he was a kid, they didn't go past it. This is not, like, a new thing. And, you know, so it's it's all this, uh, like, mythology that's built into it. But he calls the police, or he calls child services and says, I've, you know, I'd like to report child abuse. And we see the police come to the house and they, you know, the, 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 the pair of them are, are playing very nice and they're, they're dressed well and they're talking about how they don't have any kids and all, all the rest of it. And there's a great moment here because it's one of those things where I think you're supposed to figure out what's about to happen. And it's just as you know, they said goodbye to the police and they're going up the stairs. It's like, hey, I'm a little bit worried that, you know, I left. The, I had to leave the back door open for a long time there when the police were here. Did you think any of them got out? I was like, oh, don't worry. We tranquilized everyone. No one got out. Mm-hmm. And I think you're supposed to sort of just have the idea like, yeah, but someone could have come in. Right, yeah. and then the, the camera just sort of pans over to the kitchen, and out comes Phil, who's actually snuck back in the house. And I think for me, like I enjoyed the movie up until this point, and some of the stuff, you know, the, the trap sliding stairs, you know, that turn so you can slide down them in the basement, and uh, you know, him running away from the people under the stairs who are scary to him at this point. Like all this stuff's really cool, but I think this moment where he chooses to come back, even though it's dangerous for him to try and save Alice because he promised he would, is the moment where you're like, okay, you know what, like. I mean, I like the kid well enough already, but this is where you're like, oh, I'm rooting for him now. Like, he's just proven that he's a little hero. And mm. it, that this is kind of where you got this weird mishmash of tones because you're like, yeah, this feels odd, like more of a... This, this feels like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2 when he decides to, like, go after the criminals yeah. because they're going to ruin Christmas for a bunch of kids, not because of some selfish reason. Um, He's playing yeah. the hero. I mean, we find out that his sister and his grandfather are kind of in on it because they show up to, like, distract them, you know, later at the doors. We, we talked about that scene. When the neighborhood yeah. shows up, but uh, then, oh, what's your reading this this like sort of turn of events? Well, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I had the the same uh, thought because uh, you know, so much of the movie it feels like the objective is to escape the house. Like it seems like that's what you know you would basically kind of you know what you would like say the premise is like. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, kid's trapped in this uh, crazy house and he needs to get out. So it does feel like you know, that you are kind of reaching the end. But uh, I agree, though. I, I think the, um, you know, turn of events, uh, it, it does work. And, um, yeah, it's that kind of thing where, um, yeah, before you, you know, just want to see him escape. And now, he, but now he has, like, a goal and he's a little, you know, a little bit more badass. And you are kind of like, all right, yeah, let's see what he, uh, what he's going to do. And. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does get like a little home alone uh, like ev- like even uh, you know, in in the sense where it's like, you know, he would do like you do stuff in Home Alone where you're like, how did that not kill that guy? Like, I, I oh, feel sure, like dropping yeah. a a brick from like, 
the top of the house under someone's head like come on uh yeah and and the, ch- and the chimney specifically because he's he's, he's, yeah. he's literally looking up in the chimney and he's trying to fire up with a shotgun and he just <laughs> drops a brick down and it hits him in the head uh which yeah should kill him admittedly and, yeah I, I like that even alice becomes more of a character as it goes on and she gets to actually be yeah. the one who defeats the you know the mother as it were uh yeah. you know she, she gets to be the one who's like directly involved in that mm. whereas you know phil gets to take on uh gets to take on father which he does uh, sorry daddy not father daddy <laughs> come to daddy uh but he, you know he, he does that with dynamite he finds basically the uh <laughs> the people under the stairs who he's basically explained to and tried to like tell that hey you're free to go we're going to like get out of here because that's, that's how mother dies is that she's basically in the kitchen and all of the people from under the stairs all kind of come out to like get her um which starts in a really fun way it literally starts with one of them coming through the stairs and grabbing her uh yeah so it's kind of doing like those traditional horror movie like jump out things but it's doing it It's, for it's doing it against the bad guys which makes it a bit more fun yeah and and it feels very much like um like something you would see in a zombie movie Mm. uh, which is cool yeah so they they, they literally came out the cupboards and stuff in the kitchen and like you know get her but uh yeah so the 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 leader of the people under the stairs there's not like one long-haired guy who we kind of see them more than any of them he like directs Phil to essentially the vault in the basement there's like actually a vault where there's just tons of money and gold coins and because because the movie ends because he uses dynamite to kill (laughs) to kill daddy and the explosion results in all this money and coins like raining down outside with all the i mean essentially all the poor people from the neighborhood who were getting screwed over by these people are just just grabbing money out there like it's the end of the crystal maze i know tim doesn't get that (laughs) reference but that's okay um and you know, it's just, it's just really, and you know, the music starts and it, it, it fades to black. But it is a really kind of like, you know, early on in the film, like when you see like how nasty what they're doing is, like there's a scene where Daddy's like, basically he's he's mad because someone, uh, like, robbed a liquor store. I, I think that's why he was mad. Or if it wasn't that, it was something else soon after. But and then Mother's like upset because she was helping like the, you know the guy in the walls like give giving him something to eat, right? So she had yeah. to be punished. And she's like, "Oh, it just turns out that you're that daddy's stressed, so you can take out your frustration on her." And he just like takes off his belt, and the scene ends there, basically, with him saying, "You can scream in hell or something like that." But it's like super dark, and there's a lot of dark implications about what these people do to these kids, and not only oh, yeah. just cutting off limbs, but other things too. And all of this is like super absurdly dark. So it is kind yeah. of a bit of a shift when you get to the end and it's like bricks falling on heads and the kid <laughs> dropping one-liners as he's... But it's hard not to root for him though. See when he starts like dropping one-liners like he's getting confident, like he can fight back. Yeah. It does... It starts to feel less like a horror movie and more like, like you say, like more of a just an R-rated Home Alone movie. <laughs> but, you know, it is but fun. It, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, like it's like, um, you know, I, I, I mean... On a technical level, like you, you could probably like make some kind of complaint about it, but it is yeah. Ultimately, it boils down to when you're watching it, it is still fun. Uh, and like yeah, you you like the character and you do root for him. So yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, even though maybe it might be like kind of jarring from like a you know tone perspective, it's uh yeah, it still kind of makes it like entertaining when you're watching it. Um, and yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of like. Yeah, like some like the abuse stuff, and like you know, I was like also thinking of like the, the scene where, you know, like uh, like they're forcing her to clean up uh, you know, that man's blood, and then like getting mad at her when she like slips and falls in it, even though it's like they 
you know, practically push her into it, and then, you know, they make her take, like, this, like, that boiling hot bath and stuff. It's like, yeah, these are very nasty people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, that, that whole blood cleaning up thing is weird to me, because I'm like, how, how is just, like, going into the middle of a literal pool of blood and starting to scrub with a brush going to clean anything? Surely you have to, like, soak yeah. up all the excess blood first. You're never going to clean sure. anything. You're just spreading that around. And like yeah. you say, the boiling bath afterwards uh, is pretty nasty, because they, they shove her in the... I mean, it's the mother, specifically, who shoves her in this bath of really hot water and she's mm. screaming because it's so warm and her response is ah well the fires of hell are warmer like is, <laughs> is basically her, her response so they're yeah. absolutely awful <laughs> and the joe you know like they kind of are they're kind of like they're kind of like the suburban like version of the family from texas chainsaw in that <laughs> they seem they seem to enjoy like the, the, in a chaotic way mm. as much like violence and torture and all the nasty things they do, and this belief they have in their family system, and that everyone else is wrong yeah. for not being part of it or thinking like they do. But it's in the context of like a, a couple who live in suburbia and have a house, and you know, <laughs> pre- pretend to be normal to the police and stuff like that. But when you think yeah. about the chaos and the way they act, and it's like, oh, we're coming for you, and all that. Um, which that's the thing because he keeps referring to Phil as boy throughout the film. So Phil gets this moment at the end where he's you know, he calls him boy, you know, back, and it's you know, it's like, it's like yeah. kind of a neat moment. Uh, and again, it goes back to that opening scene where he, they talk about how the boy is going to die, but he's going to come out as a man on the other end. Um, and I, I mean, he's definitely going to have grown up a bit through this turmoil. Uh, that's for, oh, sure. for sure. He grew yeah. up real fast in a situation like this, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, suburban Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. I like that. Um, they. Uh, one of my like first thoughts were the... Um, uh, I mean, I I don't know the their actual names, but just that like photo that was getting passed around like during uh you know like one of those protests uh that were like walking by someone's house and like that like uh, older oh, like, yeah, couple no. came out with the guns. Yeah, I know. yeah that, that was the one that people kept pointing out that half the I had half the photos it looked like one of them had the gun pointed at the other. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of memes that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was a pro- I can't remember what the city was, but it was a protest about the uh, corruption in the like the either the mayor's yeah. office or something like that. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's kind of funny though. But it, it's like you know, this is from uh, well, like almost thirty years ago, and then like, but you know, it does still kind of <clears throat> you know these villains do kind of feel like the you know like <laughs> shitty white people stories like you hear about a lot today. Like I, I'm, I'm sure you could probably call, uh, you know, mommy a Karen. <laughs> like, I'm sure, he's probably asked to speak to a manager <laughs> in her day. Oh, we literally had a commenter this week called Karen on a video. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our old favorite. No, it was on. It wasn't on a screams after midnight, but it's the old favorite of. Wait, I thought I was watching the actual episode, not two people oh, talk God. about it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I saw. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. Like someone said, like. Like oh, there's like three minutes. I'll never get back. It's like, you, you maybe you should have gotten a clue after like ten seconds. <laughs> I know. Like it took you three minutes to realize this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't an episode of the Twilight Zone. You weirdos. Um, I don't know. I just anyway. Uh, so Am I, uh, the well, a bit of a tangent, but uh, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced it yet, but one of the things I always think is like pretty funny is when you see like, um. Uh, like there's two people or, or multiple people on a podcast and like there's always like um and like sometimes they'll get a complaint where someone will be like they'll complain to the other person and be like oh, I, I hate when you have that guy on the show like you should fire him and then like the person's always like 
I mean, <laughs> like, it's it, it's not like uh, we're a boss or anything. It's like, this is our show. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> yes. I, I, again, people, for all the people who have been writing in about Tim, it doesn't work that way. I can't just fire him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, trust me, I've tried. Uh, <laughs> but I, just, yeah, just and, uh, I do think the like that kind of like ending um, scene <laughs> is kind of funny. Like it's uh, it, I, I like like all the money's falling down, it's, and then I. It's absurdly like the, happy. Like, if you think about it, yeah. so this came out in 1991, and then what Candyman was 92, right? And they're both, yeah. you know, movies with black lead characters uh, dealing with gentrification. Obviously, Candyman goes deeper into it in a bit more of a hardcore sense, but they both have these themes. And I just think Candyman has such a like a dark downer of an ending. And this, on the contrary, has like one of the most absurdly kind of happy like now i mean not only did the villains get defeated like, like a cartoon but then there's literally money you know raining down from the heavens it, for everyone yeah i mean it definitely yeah feels more like a comedy ending where it's like hey we beat the bad guys and we yeah. save the neighborhood and then <laughs> let's all start like rapping i mean then... I, I don't know if i've ever said this but you know like this is a weird thing to say, but it almost feels like the ending's too happy for this to be a full-on horror movie, right? Even even though sure. it definitely is a horror movie for a lot of it, and the, the subject and the the violence we're seeing, and the subject, you know, the subject matter of these people being ca- held captive, and the 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 some of the gorier elements. Look, it's definitely a horror movie, but I can't think of another horror movie that just goes absurdly. I mean, obviously there's horror movies where people survive, and it's a you know quote unquote happy ending, yeah. <laughs> but this is a this is like you know the the kid gets one up on the villain. Which I guess makes it feel more like a, like a, like you say, like a Home Alone adventure, like kids movie. And I guess that's kind of the weird thing. But I mean, maybe, and, you know, we keep mentioning this, this clash of tones. Maybe this is not a, a problem for them. Maybe this is like a, a strength. Maybe this is what makes it stand out and why it's kind of survived throughout the years is that it does have this kind it's of true. weird mishmash of Home Alone meets Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, one thing I do like about the ending too is like, yeah, the money's coming down, and uh, also like every now and again, there'll be a shot of like one of the um, you know people from under the stairs like walking just in the crowd, and they all kind of like look confused, <laughs> like they just like look around like, yeah, oh, what's going on? It does kind of feel like we're glossing <laughs> over the fact that they have literally been living off of human meat for the last several years, yeah. and they're going to need some serious help adjusting to society and therapy and all sorts of things, and sure. they're, they're just like wandering away. No, like <laughs> they're just going to be roaming the streets. Yeah, and also, like, no one, like, I mean, obviously, like, there's just a big explosion and money's coming down, so people are probably concerned with other stuff, but it's funny, like, no one is, like, really looking at him going, like, hey, are you all right? Like, Hey, that's because the- <laughs> there's, there's uh, sweet, tasty money falling from the heavens. They're yeah. not paying attention to, it's true. you know, weirdos <laughs> walking around. Um, so I'm just, I'm just saying, when they get a bit hungry, the chaos might happen. Maybe this is sure. on par, though, for Detroit. From everything, everything I see in movies... Yeah, that seems yeah. on par. <laughs> yeah, Every true. movie I've ever seen set in Detroit basically tells me that I should never visit Detroit. And no offense to anyone who happens to live in Detroit, if you're listening to this, but RoboCop, it follows <laughs> this. Yeah, like everything's. Uh, uh, those other one, don't breathe. I think was Detroit. Like everything's like, hey, look at how much of a shithole Detroit is. Don't go to Detroit. Sure, <laughs> that's what they all say. Um, so I don't know. Um. I mean, it's, it, I, I would say it's a good movie. It's not, 
it's a very uneven movie and it's definitely doing a lot of like experimental things some of which i think i i like that it's doing and it benefits from and some some of it just kind of feels weird and of its time like you know there's, there's definitely an early 90s feel to this movie uh yeah and a lot of that elements and some of that's the dialogue some of that's whatever um you know because we find out alice has never been outside the house at least as far as she can remember um and you know phil says to her oh because she's she's looks she's looking at me a little bit funny and she's like oh have you never seen a brother before and she's like you know you're not my brother you know i'm an only child she's like no 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 no. i mean like a black guy you've never seen a black guy before and she's just kind of confused by the whole thing so yeah like it's setting up that kind of stuff um yeah and and sort of playing with that idea that she's kind of been this sheltered character who is inherently good uh at her core, and ultimately ends up helping uh, not only him, but also Roach, who dies tragically, we should mention. Roach uh, oh, yeah, yeah. gets shot at one point. He gets one of the shotgun blasts. Which, by the way, for all the narrow places in this house, like, that guy with the shotgun is not very good with it. Like, he <laughs> he fires off so many shots and hits nothing. It is quite impressive. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no. It's definitely an interesting one. It's an interesting one to, to, to revisit, and it feels like sure. a time capsule of its of its era so um yeah i, I put this on the uh the good craven pile <laughs> i wouldn't put it on his like his great pile but i would definitely put it sure. on the, the worth watching craven pile sure sure which some of them are not <laughs> but when you're craving for craven this is one that you can definitely yeah. watch <laughs> sure <laughs> come on that was gold time all right rate the movie out of 10 how dare you <clears throat> um I think I'm gonna give it a uh, a seven point five. Um, I, uh, I I did actually quite enjoy uh, this viewing of it. Um, yeah, I, I think that was like a lot of fun. Uh, I like the characters. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is that uneven tone, but again, you know, like you said, it's like it's not like necessarily something that you get mad like while you're watching the movie. <laughs> you know, it it like it it does strangely work. Um, it, you know in spite of it versus like other things where maybe it might be a little more jarring or you know make you upset um but still uh, like you said there is like you know like some like early 90s ishness to it and uh yeah um and uh, i i do like the you know like a uh, that turn uh you know in the movie like we we're talking about but it does still seem like a bit too long like it does. Uh, it feels long-winded. Seems like 90 minutes would have been yeah. good, yeah. It feels... And it's not that much of a difference, but it's just, it feels long-winded because it feels like we sure. sort of stop and start again, bizarrely. Yeah, Even though yeah. once it actually started again, I think that was my favourite section of the movie because I was rooting for him so yeah. much because he was being a little hero. So, I, you know, it's... it's uh, kind of a catch-22 there i suppose maybe just trimming down maybe there's just a little bit too much like running through the house from from the bad guy in the middle to, yeah they could have been trimmed a bit but... well I, yeah i mean like you kind of mentioned it earlier like a lot of this stuff feels uh interchangeable like it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to go like chronological because stuff it's like all right yeah which scene was that when he was inside the walls and <laughs> being chased and stuff you know is it the scene um, where the dog was chasing him is it the scene without the dog is it the scene yeah. with you know this or that like yeah there's a that's a lot of that. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go with the straight seven. I think it's a good movie. I think it's got some really quirky, odd ideas in it, and I think mm-hmm. that's actually to its benefit and kind of secures its place of being worth remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't perfect. There's definitely some oddities uh, that 
you know, okay, they're kind of charming, but at the same time, I'm never going to like rate it as like a super amazing movie uh, yeah. because of those things. So, uh, but no, I like it. And you know, whenever I see a a mighty duck, you know, take down some bad guys, I'm I'm, I'm always I'm always for that. So, no, seven out of ten for me. Uh, but if you made it this far and the people under the stairs review, put the word gimp in the comments okay. <laughs> i'm gonna make tim pose for the pose for the thumbnail yeah. so uh lean back and make sure your head's not cut off Th- lower there you go three two <laughs> one pause what's that i don't get it i'm looking downstairs ah <laughs> oh, I-, I thought you were looking at your dick which i guess is technically <laughs> downstairs in a way <laughs> In a manner of speaking. Uh, so. <coughs> oh. Alright, that is for the people under the stairs. Uh, of course, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Like and super important on YouTube is that an easy and free way to support us. Uh, financially, of course, over at patreon.com slash TV, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, but guys on Twitter, of course, at Streams Midnight. I have to think about that for a second. <laughs> at Screams Midnight for updates and all sorts. Uh, and usually the odd funny tweet as well because I don't know well Tim trying to be funny maybe it's a better <laughs> better way of putting it but uh, you can go get us over there uh, but otherwise uh, that is, that's pretty much us um, we are you know some more uh, obviously episodes coming throughout Oktoberthon but, uh, you know I, 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 we record all these in advance and I have no idea where this falls in terms of the schedule I could check I think it's like halfway through the month maybe a bit further but Hopefully you've been enjoying the month so far and you're enjoying all the extra episodes. And like I said, patrons who usually get one extra episode per month are getting four extra episodes this month, uh, same as last year. So do check all that stuff out. Um, But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time.